Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good afternoon from the Row Crop Short Course in Starville. This will be the first of our sponsor podcast that we do every year. We're here with John Marshall and Cade Moody from Wade Incorporated. So this is our first one. So welcome, guys. We appreciate y'all being here with us. It's, it's after five. Been here all day. I don't know. I, we got over here about seven o'clock this morning. I think Trent and them were here before we were. Trent and them were here sure. at about six thirty this morning, and, starting uh, things up. So great day. I think Whitney said something like seven hundred and twenty people had pre-registered for it. So we're really excited about the meeting. This is the first of our sponsored podcast. We've been doing this for Tom and I've been doing. It. I guess this will be our third year. I think this is our third I think year. Maybe we had done some uh, the year before. Maybe Darren. Uh, had handled those that year but this is Tom and I's third year so we enjoy meeting guys like y'all and learning about your products too thank you so much for sponsoring the meeting this is yeah I was gonna say that I mean this is these are platinum level sponsors and we could not do this meeting without the generous sponsorship from the individuals that will be giving these as well as everybody else that has generously sponsored this meeting and that's the whole reason we continue to do this in part because that definitely helps defray the costs. And it's super beneficial, I think, for everybody that's here. So, ironically, we're sitting in Startwell, and Kay and John are both from Greenwood. Tom's from Cleveland. I live in Greenville. And uh, so here we sit in Startwell at 5.30 on a Monday afternoon record the podcast. As if anybody doesn't know who Wade is, but tell, tell folks who Wade is and then what's the latest and greatest thing that Wade's got going on? Uh, of course, we work for Wade Incorporated. We are a 14-location uh, dealership scattered across the north of part of uh, Mississippi. From uh, Our stores are located on Highway 82 uh, and north. Uh, we've been, uh, Wade Incorporated has been in business since 1909. So uh, uh, they're over 100 years. It's a family operation on the fourth generation right now. Uh, so, like I said, this uh, uh, a good family uh, family operation. The longest, yes, the oldest family owned John Deere dealer in the country, actually. I, I yeah, I didn't know that, and I heard Wade say that. Uh, Wade Litton say that sometime this year at the Delta Council, or maybe the meeting that we were talking about before we started, Cade. And I, I didn't know that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's impressive that a company that old and that established is also on the absolute cutting edge of bringing some of the technologies that John Deere offers to Mississippi, um, and that's that's kind of what we're all about in our division, which is the Telefarm division of Wade Incorporated. We want to make sure that customers know what all this equipment can do. Uh, you know, you've heard the sea and spray sprayers or the artificial intelligence in the combines. I mean, this is stuff that, yeah, we may be well-established in this, this old John Deere dealer uh, that's obviously doing something right, but we're also ready to ready to make the changes necessary to meet the demands that the future will bring. So tell folks what Intellifarm is, what kind of services it offers. Yeah, so Intellifarm is the, um, the technology side of Wade Incorporated uh, when it comes to the technology inside the machines. Uh, so we're a six-man team. Johnny's the director. Uh, we got four technology specialists scattered throughout the territory and then an agronomist. Uh, so we work hand-in-hand with the customers, with the salesmen, to ensure that they are using 100% of that green machine that they have in their operation. So when it comes to the planners, ensuring that they know all about the downforce options, the cleaner options, 
making sure that they're optimizing that planter to go as fast as they can go um, to optimize that placement. When it comes to the sand spray sprayers, we want to make sure that they're getting the most out of that piece of equipment. Um, and then as far down as all the way to the artificial intelligence inside the combine, you're learning how to use it, how to operate that. And then even even as far as uh, tillage, we got the true set tillage, which is which is a technology option for tillage equipment where you can run tillage prescriptions and stuff to maximize fuel savings and, and only uh, integrate um, your organic material where you have more of it in the, in the farm. So there's technology everywhere. I have a vested interest in the sea and spray sprayer, obviously. How many of those, and I, and I know y'all don't service the whole state, but how many has Wade put on the ground in Mississippi? Wade has sold five sea and spray sprayers. We have sold more than any other dealer in the world. Seed spray capital of the world, right? <laughs> so, do y'all see more of those getting out in the, on the farm? Yes, definitely moving forward. Absolutely, I mean, keeping Absolutely. up with the technology right now is a little bit difficult. I mean, it's hard enough for us in the scientific arena with what we do. So, I can only imagine at the level that y'all are talking about. You know, right now we're looking at weeds, seeing the spray, uh, seeing the weed spraying just the weed. But uh, they've got other things in the future that they've got looking at. This sprayer's just starting to evolve, and what it's going to be. Uh, uh, it's just going to continue to grow, and uh, that technology uh, has proven itself this uh, this year with the customers we had run. Of course, it's been out for a couple of years, and uh, some test core operators' hands and uh, did well there. And it's uh, uh, it's going to be a continued evolution, and it will be a part of everybody's farm before it's over with. What are the returns? Is the word that keeps coming to mind? It's not necessarily the, the but the the hard numbers from a commercial application. So through the course of the year on these five sprayers that I, I'm sure y'all are keeping up with them, but either numbers in, in savings or, or time or number of applications or, or anything concrete that, you know, guys can wrap their head around. What, what kind of numbers do you have? Yeah, so as far as your, your contact herbicides, which is obviously what you're going to be saving with this, with this sprayer, um, I believe in our cotton crops we saw about 50, a little over 50% savings across all the passes. Um, in our soybeans, it was significantly higher, around the 60 to 62% savings range. And then we didn't quite have enough passes through corn to get some hard data through that. Um, but we did, we did see that 50 to 50 in cotton and 60% return in soybeans. Yeah, Larry Steckel showed a slide, Tom, of a guy, that, a field that he had $70 in. Yeah, for, for one weed, I mean, so you turn seventy into thirty-five, and you've, you know, you're gonna make a true believer out of folks. Yeah, and as the technology is out there more, this machine is constantly learning. The technology is constantly getting better. Uh, like Johnny said, now that we've got vision in this field, so you imagine this hundred twenty-foot carbon fiber boom is covering typically one hundred percent of your operation at at least some point throughout the year. So now you've got vision across every square inch of your farm. What more can we do with that? And that's, that's in its infancy. Right now we're spraying weeds and we're looking at weeds and we're saying, or we're looking at the crop and we're saying, okay, that's cotton, but then it sees a weed next to it. It said, that's a weed, I need to spray it. But what more can we do with that down the road? And that's something that we're excited to see um, and excited to test in the years to come. So another thing that I'm interested in is the, the autonomy. What's our timeline on that when we're going to, you know, drive down Highway 61 and say, ooh, that tractor don't have no driver on it. 
John Deere is saying that we will have a fully autonomous farm by 2030. Oh, uh, my goodness. That so, is you not know, very far away. That's not very far away. And, of course, you know, uh, we farm different here in the Delta, which we farm on beds. So when they're talking that, they're really talking about the Midwest where it's wide open and uh, uh, you have headlands that you, uh, that, that you deal with. But we're going to have an application where it will still work here in tillage and stuff. And, you know, we've got uh, – We'll have some uh, equipment running in the uh, upcoming future that we'll be able uh, to uh, run the autonomous vehicles here as well. But uh, the on beds is going to be a little challenge for the for it right, and they're not quite ready for that yet. The deer spending time in the area, and that's something that they're definitely they're they're making adjustments for so that that can uh, can function here just like they have plans for it too in the Midwest. But you know the equipment now, a lot of people may not understand, but this stuff even out there today, equipment that's been out there for couple of years you know obviously drives itself straight we've had that for for a while now and now can't live without it but this stuff will even turn itself around on the end so we've had turn automation technology for years where it'll it'll pick the implement up spin the tractor around line you back up on your next pass or skip a pass or figure eight turn or whatever you want to do drop the implement back down go to the other end repeat the process it would this is is out there it would do everything a fully autonomous will it just requires somebody in the seat I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. I, I know what you're talking about, and I could I could picture it, but I just can't. I can't picture it, you know, day in and day out. It, it just blows my mind. There will be a learning curve, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's where I'm trying to, you know, educate our customers right now that uh, you can't just get an autonomous vehicle and say I'm ready for it. You have to start preparing yourself. You have to start getting good RTK boundaries. Uh, for your field, because if the vehicle doesn't know uh, there's an object in the way, uh, you know, it's going to have sensors on it. It's just going to stop. If we're, Where if it knew it was there, it would know how to go around it. So, like I so said, we're trying to educate our customers how to use turn automation, like Cade was referring to, because uh, if they don't know how to use it, that's a basic feature. Uh, you've still got to set it up and tell the system what to do. So that's a part that we're trying to do right now is to educate our customers on how to operate it before it gets here. And machine sync being another yes. technology that's kind of a glimpse as to what, what is to come. So that's where your grain cart um, tractor is automated by the combine. It locks it into position, and it holds it exactly where the combine operator wants it. He takes control of that machine via his display. So he's given a set of arrows, and he can nudge the tractor forward, backward, side to side. Um, and then when the guy's ready to leave right now, he disengages and, and leaves the, the unloading zone. So two glimpses of, of where technology is already here, but we are requiring somebody in the seat at the moment. How's adoption gone for that? Because in most cases you talk about a more aging community within the farming community. So is that mostly younger farmers that have been more adoptive for that, or you see a split between both? I would say it's a split. Uh, some of the uh, that's what surprised me. You would think they'd be the younger farmers, but it's some of the uh, uh, the older farmers that are seeing it and seeing the benefits of it and wanting to do it. Now they might be getting their uh, their son or their grandson to do the operating and to learn it, but uh, they're they're on board and see how that can benefit their farm to make them more efficient. Yep, I would say independent of the of the farmer's age and experience. Really, what you're looking at is does he have a labor pain point? And if he does, these technologies are, if they're a solution for him, um, we're, he's going he's gonna to find a way to make it work in his operation. Just this past year, we had a customer come to us, and he was worried about his grain cart driver because his experienced guy had to go back home or couldn't work. Um, so he put a less experienced guy on the machine, 
we turned machine sync on. We added the necessary antennas, and he had a he had a good year with that guy on the machine, even though he wasn't as comfortable behind the wheel driving it manually like he thought he was going to have to. Any closing comments, Kate or John at all? Yes. Yeah, so uh, just back to back to autonomy. Johnny mentioned that that it's not the decision you can make the day of. You know, it's something that you've got to plan for, get your operation ready for it. And one of the biggest features of that is going to be the operations center. We talked a little bit about it today during our, our uh, educational slot. Uh, but having your operations center up to date, being comfortable with it, using what is available in it today is going to be absolutely paramount for when that autonomous tractor hits your farm for you to be able to get on your phone and basically tell that thing to go to work. Well, I'm, I'm amazed and a little bit speechless. I think it's just fantastic to hear about all this technology. We definitely appreciate the sponsorship. We appreciate you all being here and the information's you know, spot on and very necessary at this point. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.